0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and thank you for joining me on this beautiful Sunday, April the 25th. We have a terrific seven-game slate today in the NBA, and it's broken into two nice playable slates: a three-game day slate, early only. And a four-game evening slate, which is the main slate on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, come to see us at DFS Coach Talk if you want to get involved in both. Uh, this podcast will post Sunday morning. Plenty of time to go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Sign up, even if it's just for a three-day trial membership. There, uh, it's only $10. You can get all of our picks today for the NBA and MLB. And uh, we'd love to have you. All right, we're going to dive right into this and uh, get this uh, figured out so that we can take down two slates today rather than one. Uh, I like when we have multiple games in both slates. Uh, It doesn't happen all that often, so let's take advantage of it. All right, the first game on the slate is the Boston Celtics versus the Charlotte Hornets. Boston is 32 and 28. Charlotte 29 and 30. And we have Boston an eight point favorite. The over under a pretty low 213. Certainly not a target game. A lot of that is based on pace. Boston's 21st, first. Charlotte 18th. And uh, from a defensive side, uh, right in the average zone with Boston 13 and Charlotte 17. As far as injury news for this first game on the slate, uh, the big boy Williams is out for Boston, and then we have uh, the foursome of Ball, Hayward, Monk, and Darling, all four still out for Charlotte. So it's looking as though, uh, let's look at the probable lineups as they sit here this Sunday morning. Uh, Kemba playing back uh, in Charlotte, so that should be a little narrative we want to follow. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Tristan Thompson. And then on the Charlotte side, it's looking as though it will be Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, and PJ Washington. Um, They have tried some different stuff uh, in the inside there with Carey and then uh, played a little bit of Zeller the last go around. Bismack's out of the rotation, but. I don't do not trust that whole rotation situation right now for Charlotte. A um, couple of things here that we, you know, we we mentioned Kemba uh, going against Devontae Graham defense in Charlotte, where he was a star for multiple seasons. Um, certainly is in play here. I know it's not a high, uh, you know, high numbers uh, game here as far as the over/under. But, uh, you know, you got to think Kemba is going to really show out there. A lot of family, friends and, and uh, folks that he uh, was really close to there in Charlotte. Uh, you know, not his first time against the Hornets, of course, but still has to give you uh, definitely some excitement. If you're Kemba, being the early solo game uh, that gets all the attention, I think that uh, Kemba's certainly in play here. Um Marcus Smart, maybe his price is up, though. Um, And then generally in a a game like this where it's expected to be somewhat low scoring and both Brown and Tatum are in, I have a tendency to uh, avoid both of them. Um, You know, if one of them's out, it's always strong to go to, to the other one. I mean, the statistics show Even if Kemba and Marcus are in there, uh, you know, the majority of the go-to buckets are Brown and Tatum. And when one of them sits, uh, the other one gets the majority of that responsibility. So, for me, I'm not going to go there in this game. So, uh, probably no exposure to the Boston side except for Kemba. And then on the the Charlotte side, it's pretty interesting. Um, You know, I think Rozier is a guy that I've been on recently. His price has been sort of high, but he's, he's paid off, but not comfortable against Marcus smart uh, defense there. I'm sure that will be the assignment for him and uh, not going to go in that direction. Uh, You know, is Cody Martin going to start again? Uh, We don't know. He's not a bad value play, but he's not guaranteed the minutes. Uh, Like I say, there is quite a rotation there uh, of guys getting in. So Uh, Not much exposure uh, to game one in this early three-game set. Uh, So uh, I expect to be pretty far behind initially because everybody seems to like to jump on that first game and get out to a lead. But in this scenario, I don't think it's, uh, it's a wise decision. And as I always preach to our members, it does not matter what order the games are on, what time they're on, all of that stuff. You have to evaluate the game. Uh, for the game and the matchups, not the time of the game. So, we are going to stay with probably just Kemba exposure and go to a, a really uh, nice game. Two. It starts at 3:30 uh, p.m. Eastern. It's the Phoenix Suns at 42 and 17 against the Brooklyn Nets at 40 and 20. Uh, we've got Brooklyn favorite uh, by one and a half at home. It's a 2.32 over-under. So primo game here, one of the higher uh, lines for a Phoenix game all season. Um, As far as pace goes, Phoenix is only 26. They generally try to take control of that element and try to make it a half-court game. But we know Brooklyn likes to push the ball, and they have two of their three studs back. It looks, as of right now, with uh, Kyrie and KD... Uh, So they're going to try to push the pace. Um, They're uh, right now sitting at uh, 12th. Defensive efficiency, Phoenix is fifth. So that'll be a challenge for Brooklyn. Brooklyn is 22nd. Uh, So there's a diversity of, uh, you know, uh, powers at B here. You've got stronger D wanting to play half court in Phoenix and a strong offense wanting to push the ball and get shots in transition. So Vegas obviously thinks Brooklyn has the, the heads up on that battle with this uh, 232 number. Um, it is the, the biggest number on, uh, no, it's the second biggest number on the morning slate. This next game is also huge. Uh, the after You'll find the evening games tonight are all in the 220s. So uh, we're not going to have uh, any of that magic over 230 number in the, in the uh, main slate. All right, let's look at uh, the injuries here, and there are quite a few. Uh, out for Phoenix are Sarich, Crowder, uh, Galloway, and Nader. And then for Brooklyn, we have Claxton and Chioza out. And then uh, Tyler Johnson and KD are probable. So it looks as though they will slide into that lineup. The probables right now are Paul Booker, Bridges, Johnson, and Ayton against uh, Irving Harris, KD, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. Um, we know that that center spot has been uh, tough to figure out for Brooklyn. It's sort of been a mix between DeAndre Jordan uh, when Claxton's in, but he's out. And then uh, you're getting Blake Griffin there. Jeff Green uh, will move from the four to the five at times. So not a real solidified spot. Um and you know that that's a bit of a concern. Now with Kyrie and KD in there, it you know they're both very expensive, and you know that's going to be the tough part with these teams like Brooklyn. Even when Harden comes back, all three guys are priced extremely high because uh, they've each played as the solo star when the other two have sat uh, in this rotation that that uh, that they've had together. So. You know you're going to have an overpriced situation where you really can't afford two of them very much. Now this is a three-game slate, so there is the possibility of doing that. Uh, I'm not going to go that direction though. I'm I'm going to try to have uh, n- good exposure on both sides of the ball. Um, you know KD as far as a limits minutes limit, we'll see where he stands. Uh, gonna we're going to keep checking the news this morning. Uh, He generally, though, when he plays, he generally gets a good run. Uh, They're not – they hold him out until he's, like, completely ready, and then he gets, you know, 28 to 30 minutes, which isn't full game, but that's what I have him marked at for now, and I'll do a little bit more homework on that. Um, And then, you know, but for me, you know, I definitely want either KD or Kyrie. I believe I'm going to go Kyrie in – in a lot of uh, my cash games, may play a little KD in the GPPs, but I think Kyrie's minutes are safe. Uh, I think this game stays pretty close. I know Chris Paul's defense is good, um, you know, and that makes me a little concerned. But uh, he's playing so well, and the fact that you know KD is going to be back out on the floor, that his presence to take the defensive onus off uh, of everybody attacking. Uh, Kyrie, I think, is going to open up uh, even more for him. So, uh, definitely want exposure on that side of the ball. On the Phoenix side, uh, I, I like Chris Paul here. I think that he's going to embrace uh, this game. You know, it's the only game at that that starts at that time. It's big. You know, big game against Brooklyn, bunch of stars, and he's playing terrific ball. Um, you know, he went on that stretch. And I've said it a couple of times on these podcasts, but nobody's talking about it. But the dude went four games with 43 assists and one turnover. That doesn't happen. That's not possible. (laughs) But he did it. And that's the kind of control he's playing with. He's uh, just, you know, the ball's on a string for him. He's doing whatever he wants. uh, And he's he's really, really playing well. I don't think Devin Booker's a bad play either. I mean, if you could go, you really could go with both stars. You could go Paul Booker versus Kyrie Durant, or any mixing and matching of that. I'm as of now, like I say, leaning to Paul and Irving, but uh, still, still have some time to read some news, and and double check some things. But uh, I think with this total, uh, I think Brooklyn does control enough of the pace that it it can pay off. And those are really the, the spots I want to go. Uh, Mikhail Bridges will have his hands full with KD. Uh, you know, not I don't believe he'll be able to focus on his offensive game when he's got to really uh, get after it that way. Cam Johnson's getting a lot of minutes because, you know, the guys that were uh, scooping minutes from, from him like Sarge and Crowder are out. So Cam is extremely cheap. If you need a value guy, if no other uh, value opens up here this morning, he's he's a legit play. I mean, he's he could play that twenty to thirty minutes uh, and and get you some numbers. If he's open, he'll knock the three down. Uh, not not a h- huge ceiling by any stretch, but a decent floor with with Crowder and uh, and Sarge and some of these guys out. So he's into cons- in consideration for me. Uh, not a DeAndre Ayton fan. He disappoints more than he, you know, shows up. I do like the pace, though, the pace up for him, um, and when he gets to go against a little bit smaller centers, if Griffin and uh, Jeff Green get a, a run at, at the five, he will, you know, have an advantage there. It just seems that he, you know, he's hard to trust. Um, and his ceiling is is there, but it's it's not phenomenal like we thought it would be uh, when he first came into the league. So, uh, not a terrible play. Uh, you know, the matchup is is a better one for him, uh, but probably not going to go there, uh, especially the sites that's only like Fandle with one center. Uh, but you know, Aiton will get a look for me uh, in the multiple center lineups with uh, Yahoo and. Uh, DraftKings. All right, game three. It is at four o'clock. It's the third game of that early only slate. It is the Memphis Grizzlies at 30 and 28 at the Portland Trail Blazers at 32 and 27. Uh, It is the first night of a back to back for Memphis. They've come off some really hard, tough playing games where they've come right down to the wire. Guys are playing big minutes. But Memphis is the team that scares me now. Uh, you know, as a, as a Mavs fan, we're looking at all these 6 through 12 where they're seated right now because we know uh, that 7 through 10 is going to be in that play-in, and there's a lot of shuffling going on. And Memphis is right in the mix there, and they're dangerous. Now, when they get their full squad together and healthy, which they haven't had for a single game all season, because Triple J just came back, He's played two or three games, and Joe Val's been out. So, when they're able to put that whole squad on the floor, you know, if it's if it's Jaw, Morant, Dylan Brooks, uh, Kyle Anderson, Triple J, and Joe Val, with Grayson and Allen and 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 some of that really good bench uh, mixed in there, they're they're dangerous team, especially the way Jaw's playing. However, with today's game, this is the big news, and we need this because this could be a smash spot that will get probably five of my spots on the early slate if uh, these guys are definitely yeah, Triple J is. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is already rolled out. And Joe Jonas Valachunas is questionable. So if Joe Val sits, uh, then we, we've got a huge discussion here. So we'll look at it both ways. On the Portland side... Um, You know the thing with Memphis too is uh, this this total is 235, and Portland's favored by four and a half, which is very interesting. So I you know that line is the way it is because of uh, you know the possibility of how many people are sitting for Memphis, but uh, we need that news. And then on the pace side, Memphis is eighth, and Portland is twentieth. And defensive efficiency, Memphis is also eighth in that category. So again. They play a full game on both sides of the floor. And what excites you here to, to make this your stack game is Portland's 29th. And we we know they're not defending well. Uh, the only injury report for Portland is Jones Jr. on the questionable, uh, as a questionable tag. So again, you know, if let's say Joe Val sits, you know, with Triple J out, and then all of a sudden Brandon Clark's a huge play, Kyle Anderson is a huge play, and then I think ja Morant, the way he's playing, uh, he, you know, he's my favorite point guard on this slate, uh, going against Lillard and McCollum, who don't defend well. And I, you know, this last five, six, ten games that I've seen Jaw play, uh, it's it's really coming together. He he doesn't look like a rookie anymore. I know it's his second year, but it's taken that time frame, you know, with the bubble and everything that went on, and the lost games, and the shorter season this year. Know it's harder to judge these guys because this specific situation has never happened in the history of the NBA. So, you know, it's a different judgment period. But what I I like to see with with the rookies that are really good is when do they cross that barrier and become a great young player, a rookie of the year kind of guy to a a real star that's going to make all-star teams and carry his team into the playoffs. And what I've seen the last couple of weeks from Jaw, he's he's turned that corner. Uh, he's shooting the three better, which was a huge uh, problem for him uh, his first season, and his playmaking decisions and as far as his quickness getting to the basket, very few, maybe him, De'Aaron Fox, uh, John Wall from maybe five years ago. Those are some of the fastest, maybe the three fastest guys getting to the basket uh, that I think we have in this league. So. Um, very dangerous against a uh, Portland defense that's pretty bad uh, in the backcourt. So, Jaws at the top of my list. And again, based on Joe Val, if Joe Val plays, I, knowing the way they they run their organization, he'll be on a minutes restriction. So I won't go there. Uh, but if he sits, which I hope he does, because then. I want to attack with Clark Anderson and Brooks. Look at those three guys and see what combination of them I want to play because there's going to be a lot of rebounds to be had. And then on top of that, if he does sit, then you know we get Xavier Tillman, who's been terrific. I mean, he's done. He's undersized, uh, but man, has he been good? And you know he becomes into consideration with those guys as well. If Jovell plays on that. You know, 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, that obviously eliminates Tillman and uh, puts a couple of the other guys in play. So we got to watch that news on Val. That'll be a key to this afternoon's slate. And I will build a few lineups, uh, my specifically my hybrid uh, lineup, with some uh, you know flexibility, so that in that late game. I'll have a, a couple of rotation of players, about three guys that can fit in and out if people are ruled in or not, because that really becomes the key if you're able to pivot uh, to a guy. Now, you know, yesterday uh, we we our early only slate, we we smashed it, and uh, we had we got teased with Joel and Embiid too. It was rough. So I had a a two v two switch if Embiid got ruled out. And they said he was in. The light came on. He was green with the check mark. And then his shoulder stiffened up right before the game. And they pulled him. So we had to make the switch. We went to Dwight Howard and we upgraded it guard to Drew Holiday. And, you know, we smashed. We did well. But if Embiid plays, it was takedown city. I'm just, you know, it was a hard one. But I explained that to say I'm going to do this a similar type strategy uh, this afternoon as I did yesterday. Uh, to see how it pans out with this Memphis uh, rotation with Joe Val in or out. So I'll have multiple uh, people in this uh, last game of the afternoon slate so that I can make those pivots. As far as Portland goes, Lillard, McCollum, Powell, you know, a lot of sh- shot sharing all of a sudden uh, with those three guys. They're all good. They're all playable, but they're all fairly expensive, and there's no guarantees which guy is going to get it done. Uh, I will say whoever Dylan Brooks is going to guard, I don't want them. I'm really impressed with what a dog Dylan Brooks is, man. He he is a, an avoidable guy. He's like the Marcus Smarts. And, you know, there's only a handful of guys that you say, I don't want any part of that guy at all. And Brooks is one of them. So the question is, who is he going to guard? Um, you know, is it Lillard, McCullum, or Powell? That's what we have to really determine, you know, I went back and looked at some of the basketball reference.com of when different guys are on the floor and there isn't a situation with Powell out there that we can reference uh, with uh, going against Brooks. So it creates a different dilemma here because whoever Brooks isn't on, I would like to attack, you know, the Grayson Allen uh, guy that he's guarding. So it may be a CJ McCollum day. I'm feeling that Brooks would probably go with Lillard or Powell. Uh, more than likely uh, Lillard. I and I'm thinking CJ gets Jaw. If not, you know that's that's the million dollar question because I want to avoid Brooks and attack Jaw. and so it's gonna come down to uh, those matchups to determine who my key play is at guard for Portland. So stay stay in touch with us on that. You know, and if if you want to follow this news up until, Locke, uh, just join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, all of our options to join are right there on our, our website. Uh, one click, you, you uh, jump in, uh, we'll get an alert and get you right into our Discord. And as we discuss these things with what I think is the best DFS community uh, on the planet, um, we, we will you know go through this and dissect it, figure out, what's what, and talk that through uh, with uh, our Discord, get everybody playing the right roster. Uh, You also have an opportunity if you want to do a membership, not membership because you get it free with us, but if you want to sign up at betus.com.pa, they are a sponsor partner of us, of uh, DFS Coach Talk, and uh, you would uh, deposit $149 into your brand new BetUS account. It has to be a new deposit. And uh, you get to use that 149 there to bet on games or props or whatever you want to play. And with that, once you get a membership, and it's through uh, to BetUS, you just shoot us uh, a note saying you joined uh, on and just sent, tweet us at DFSCoachTalk, and we'll get you in our Discord. And you'll have a membership with us free until June 1st. So you have to use the promo code Talk. All one word, no space when you sign up at BetUS. And also, as we're about to transition to the main slate, uh, please take a second if you're watching this on YouTube to just smash the heck out of that like button, the thumbs up button, uh, and subscribe. We're really getting to a threshold uh, that we've been uh, a goal for us that we're aiming to. We're gaining on it, and we really appreciate uh, if you'd subscribe and hit the little alarm button up in the corner so that you know when our podcast posts, so we really, really appreciate that. If you're listening to us audio-wise, where everywhere podcasts can be found, Apple Podcasts, podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, on and on. So, on any of those uh, audio sites, take a second, a quick five stars, a quick comment, greatly, greatly appreciated, uh, and you know anything that that goes up there, you know, will respond to. And we do, uh, on a monthly basis, choose one of those responses uh, and give a, a free a week of DFS Coach Talk. So if you have a second, please do that. All right, uh, finishing up this Memphis-Portland game, uh, you know, the, the question is then, who do we want to look at on the Portland side beyond those guards? You know, you've got Covington and Kyle Anderson, two great defenders, again, battling each other. Uh, And now, you know, we have the situation where when these teams uh, played the last time, just Nurkic and Cantor are are really stepping up. And it all a lot of this has to do with that single news of Joval, because if Jovell's out again and they have to play downsize with Tillman and then a little Brandon Clark, it does open things wide open for Nurkic. Uh, Nurkic would be my my choice between he and Cantor. Uh, I think Nurkic is a, a fine center on this slate. Very well, could be my center here. Uh, when if he stays out of foul trouble and gets that, you know, 30 minutes of play, uh, he he really can light it up. And uh, but if Joe Val's in his big presence inside, you know, and rebounding the ball uh, downplays uh, Nurkic for me on my list a bit. And uh, you know, then I may pivot elsewhere. But Let's get that news and stay with us in, uh, in our uh, Discord, and we'll keep you up to date on that. All right, how about we go to the four-game main slate, which starts at 7 p.m., and it's Cleveland and Washington. Both teams on the first night of a back-to-back, Cleveland's 21 and 38. Washington is 26 and 33, and Washington is on a serious roll. I believe they've won five in a row. They're in the 10th spot in the playoffs, which is pretty amazing considering where they were. Uh, again, both on the first night of a back-to-back. Will that affect anybody as far as playing minutes, et cetera? I don't believe so, but you know we need to see that news. Right now, Washington's a big nine-point favorite. It's a 225 and a half over/under. Washington's the fastest-paced team in the league. Cleveland 24th. They will try to slow it down. Good news here: uh, Cleveland's 21st defensively, and this stat really sort of blew me away because it's happened in a week. Washington's 15th. They're dead square in the middle. Uh, and there was a point, and I remember it very well. They were 30th. Dead last, and then Sacramento moved to 30th. They jumped to 29th. They have spent the last month or so working their way all the way up to 15th. So, kudos and hats off to that Washington team uh, for getting it done. I think, you know, picking up some of the players that they did and the rotation that they're now utilizing uh, has really changed. So, piling on Washington games every day. Because of their pace and their poor defense, well, it's not as bad as it was. So maybe, you know, we have to be a little bit more, you know, cognizant of the fact that uh, Washington will get some stops now, and that does affect things a bit. Um, As far as who's out, the the monster news for Cleveland is Sexton is out, and that changes everything for them. And then Dotson is questionable. So shorthanded in the backcourt, which uh, gives a big jump to Garland. And then Washington, uh, Hashimura out. He will be out for a while. Uh, and right now, the probable lineups for Cleveland are Garland, Okora, Jetty, Love, and Allen. Washington's got Westbrook, Neto, Beal, Bonga, and Len. So, yeah, they they started Bonga in Hashimura's spot, which was sort of a surprise. And Neto is uh, playing that, that two guard with Beal at the three. So... Interesting shift of strategies here for Brooks. You never really know what he's going to do. Um, you know, I, I keep yelling from the rooftops for um, my man Gafford. I thought he'd get, you know, 28 possible minutes last game. He got 16, so very disappointing. Not going to go there. Not going to play any of the Washington centers. You can't. Uh, he's playing a three-man rotation with Len uh, half-hooked Uh, Lopez and uh, and my man Gafford, so that's just untouchable for uh, DFS player. And I don't understand. And I think Gafford brings more defensively, offensively, everything, energy, the whole nine yards. But you know, it's I'm not the coach of that team. Brooks is, and and that's a head scratcher to me. Uh, Bonga, unplayable commodity. Don't ever play him in DFS if he's the one on the last guy on the floor. He just super inconsistent. So it comes down to the the three guys really. I mean, uh, I don't trust Bertans off the bench. A lot of guys like to play him, but he's so three point uh, dependent. It's it's almost insane. You know, he'll he'll get five threes in a game and finish with 16 fantasy points. So no thanks. Uh it really is Westbrook, Neto and Beal. You know, I think Neto's a good play and I played him last uh you know, time, but he, he really let me down. So I'm a little hesitant there, you know, since smith has been back the last 10 days or so, it has been a direct hit to Neto, even though he's starting. So, you know, we're all about the same scenario that we are every day. It's, it's Westbrook and Beal. How great of a spot are they in? We know that, uh, you know, Cleveland's backcourt isn't the best uh, defensively. Um, I think you're going to see Isaac Okoro, the the young man on Beal, which I think is 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 you know a decent defender. He really is. I know Beal's will Beal will school him, but uh, you know I think that with Westbrook getting to go against uh, Garland and the likes, uh, you know it's just this should be this should be a 25 point triple double for Westbrook, uh, you know in his sleep. So Westbrook's my favorite play on the slate. He's my pay-up guy. He's going to start all of my lineups. Um, I do like Garland on the other side as well. I think it's a a nice correlation on the other side. You know, if the game stays close enough. When Sexton's out, Garland's usage just fires through the roof. He gets shots up. uh, You know, he he runs the show. He delivers the ball well. Uh, we just need the the game to stay close. Um, Kevin love possible. You know, his price is is sort of vacillated back and forth. He's pretty cheap. Uh, you know, and the the setup with Washington's really fast pace, uh, I think he can he can have a nice game. Um, Jared Allen, you know, it depends on the minutes. Uh, there are times where he's playable. If They stay in this game, he could be a very sneaky center. That doesn't have a lot of ownership. So, uh, a lot of interest in this game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch and certainly will be one of the keys to the slate for me. All right, game two on this uh, main slate, game. Uh, slate. It is Minnesota at Atlanta. Minnesota's 37 and 22, Atlanta's 33 and 27. It's the first night of a back to back for Atlanta and they are really banged up. So, This, you know, this will be an interesting game. Milwaukee's only favored by six and a half. It's a 228 over under. We've got pace of play Milwaukee fourth, Atlanta down to 23rd. And then we have Milwaukee ninth in pace uh, or defense. I'm sorry. and, And Atlanta in 23rd. So Atlanta's 23rd in pace and defense, the double Michael Jordan number. So you know, is that an omen? We'll see. But here's the problem for Atlanta. Here's who's out. Hunter, Snell, Reddish, and some guy by the name of Trey Young. And then they have a questionable Capella and doubtful Dunn. So if they're missing Young, Reddish, Hunter, Capella, those are four of their starters at the beginning of the season. Snell got a lot of starts. So they are very shorthanded. That's the big issue here. Uh, Milwaukee, on the other hand, is good to go. They've got the full full deal here, no no uh, holdbacks. They're playing pretty tough ball. So we need to game script this a bit to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, the probable lineup, Holiday, Day, DiVincenzo, Middleton, Antetokounmpo, and Lopez is regular. But here's the the bang-up group of Atlanta. Uh, Bogey, uh, in the honor of uh, our uh wonderful basketball prognosticator, Mr. Andrew Hansen. We call him Dr. Bogey. Uh, he is going to be the the main guy handling the ball, along with Kevin Herter, who had a really great game last time out. Uh, they've dusted off Solomon Hill again, and he's been playing some good minutes and becomes a, a playable value play. John Collins, who I, I think I played John Collins like The last 17 times I've played him, I've been wrong. He's, when I sit him, he goes nuts. When I play him, he doesn't do a thing. So I, I've thrown my arms up. You know, we all have one or two of those guys in DFS that no matter what we do, no matter what the matchup is, we get it wrong. So, you know, with Capella out the last game, I thought Collins really steps up at the center spot, but, uh. Yeah, he he didn't play huge minutes. He got some fouls. It was just a disaster. So, Capella may play in this game. Certainly important to have that news. Uh, not going to go with Capella or or Collins any anyway. Um, and then they have some bigs off the bench that'll rotate in there. Gala will get minutes, etc. Um, you know, it's it's all about Bogdanovich and Herder to me. They do get pretty tough defense in Drew Holiday. holiday probably gets uh the bogdanovich assignment now you know bogey's been tough but his price is skyrocketed it's literally double of where it was six weeks ago so it becomes hard to play him but it's it is a pace up game i'm not ruling him out you know i think bogdanovich and herder both have to be considered and one of them has to be played Uh, just too good of a spot too much usage going their way with all the guys out so uh, may fire up both if if I get frosty here. Um, Holiday playable certainly. Uh, he's been very tough in in prior weeks. Uh, Bogey and and Herder are not known really for their defensive prowess, but their offensive side. So holidays in play for me. Uh, don't really want to risk the Divincenzo. You know, uh, sort of low ceiling, but a pretty low floor. Uh, you know, he can get to his number, but I don't trust it. Middleton had an off game. Solomon Hill's a bit of a dog. And when he's on him, I think he can give him enough trouble. You know, Giannis, certainly you can pay up for. I For me, in building this slate, you know, it was either you pay up for Westbrook or Giannis. For me, because I don't want to go all stars and scrubs. I want a little bit more of a medium build. So uh, I'm not going Giannis here. You know, my concern is Milwaukee takes control of this game. I don't trust this banged-up Atlanta team. They're due for a, a rough start. So, you know, I'm not going hard on this game, especially with Milwaukee. You know, they rotate guys, you know, and they and they have usage. You know, Portis will come in. He'll take the most shots maybe for a quarter. You know, you get, you know, guys like Conanton, you know, and uh, Forbes. All these guys get in there, and they, they fire So uh, I'm going to avoid Milwaukee, which may be a little contrarian, uh, and go for Atlanta in the pace-up game with their backcourt and look at Bogdanovich and Herder. All right, two games remaining, and they're both very interesting. We've got an 8 Eastern, and then we have a true late-night hammer, late-night sweat game, and a phenomenal game at that to play, in my opinion, as far as Sacramento and Golden State at 10 o'clock. But let's get to the eight o'clock Indiana Pacers at 28 and 31 against the Orlando Magic at 18 and 14. You've got uh, both situations here. Indiana on the second night of a back-to-back, coming off to a hard off of a hard-fought fight last night. Orlando the first night of a back-to-back. It is Indiana minus five and a half, and it's a 224 over/under, and the the it's a laundry list of injured players here. Uh, all over the place. For Indiana right now, we have uh, Bataze probable, Sabonis probable, and we have Lamb doubtful, or no, probable, I'm sorry, and Miles Turner out. So it looks like a lot of the Indiana guys are, are probably going to be back, but we need to follow that news. On the uh, Orlando side, Ennis is questionable, as is Ross and Carter Jr., So more of just confusion there with this Orlando team that's just playing young guys and has already really packed it in. Um, Indiana right now, it looks like Brogdon, Levert, Holiday, Sumner, and Sabonis. Edmund Sumner coming off a monster game uh, the last go around. So uh, he may be plugged in there. And they do have some good bench players. I mean, if these guys are all ruled in, you know, you're talking Lamb and – You know, uh, Batase coming in at the bigs, you know, and and, uh, of course McConnell, who had one of his crazy games where he scored like 50 fantasy points because he had five steals and even had a block. So he's something else. So a little tougher with the depth there. You know, I'm a a massive Karis Levert guy. I still love him here. You know, he played a great game last time out. Um, You know, he and Sabonis get my initial attention. Uh, Brogdon has definitely turned it up as well, uh, but is you know really increased in price. Uh, a little worried about Sabonis on the minutes, uh, you know, not being hundred percent, and he's expensive as well. So you can always go value here if if you want to go to a, a Sumner or Holiday or or McConnell or someone like that. But my attention is going to be more on Levert, uh, I believe, on the Indiana side. For Orlando, it's interesting. Cole Anthony, you know, he has some solid games at point. Uh, Brogdon's a tough defender, though, so I'm not diving on that. Uh, Gary Harris, uh, you know, they're splitting minutes, and they don't want to win ball games. So it's it makes it very difficult uh, to figure out where to go there. Um, James Ennis may play, may not. So, you know, we don't know where what that's going to roll. The only guy I've had confidence in, and he really has done well, is as, as Chumo Kiki. He seems to be the guy they're featuring. He's getting a lot of the usage and getting a lot of the uh, buckets up. Uh, definitely like him. I think he's he fits into this game pretty well. And, you know, for the if I'm going a one-off on each side, which it's looking like, he would be my candidate there uh, at a power forward spot. And then Wendell Carter Jr. has played well. Uh, but, you know, we're not sure if he's going to get uh, solid minutes or even play. So we got to we'll follow his news. And then uh, bomba has stepped up a bit. Uh, so there may be some rotation at the big there. It's probably uh, the best to avoid. All right. We're going to the last game on the slate. And I'm excited about this game uh, because it's a kind of matchup you got to really salivate over. It it's Sacramento and Golden State. Sacramento's twenty-four and thirty-five. Golden State thirty and thirty. And Steph's number is thirty. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, is 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 there a, a thing with that? You never know. Stuff happens. Sacramento on the first night of a back-to-back. Golden State is in on an island game. Golden State minus eight and a half. Two twenty-nine and a half over/under. Um, we've got. Uh, two super fast paced teams in Sacramento nine, Golden State two. So that's a big check mark. Sacramento's 30th. They've been 30th on defense for a long time. Golden State is seventh, but the up tempo games uh, still, you know, the, their scores get up there. So all of those things fit into play for me. Sacramento's injuries, we have uh, Holmes probable. So that's a big add back. Uh, for Sacramento. And then uh, the the monster news, though, of the entire slate is Fox is out with COVID protocol, and he's been playing as good as anybody in the league. I'll take him as top five player in the league since uh, the All-Star break, flat out. I mean, can't think of any way he'd be bumped from that list. And now they lose him for seven to 10 days. So what is the ripple effect of that? We'll talk about Bagley still out. And they still could have had Luke over Bagley in the draft. Just to Kings fans, I apologize. Golden State has three guys out from their rotation. Rotation. Yeah, it's a rotation. Uh, Bazemore, Lee, and Pascal are all out. So do we go for the 30-30 and 30, Mr. Curry? Yeah, I love Curry here. Let's bring Curry on. I haven't played Curry a ton. I've been afraid of his injuries. I think everybody saw him limping around and everything. It was a bad tape job. The last game, he wasn't as hurt as it looked. He had a bad tape job. They had to switch it, fix it, and believe me, I've done a lot of that taping, and I've had my ankles taped. And if you get something pinching off and squeezing the wrong way, it you you can't play with it. It's it's like having an injury. So I don't think I think he's okay, and he's on such a damn roll. It's not even funny. Uh, so you know. I'd, I like Curry as my 2nd payup guy with Westbrook. You can get away with two pay-ups and still have somewhat of a medium build after that because there are a few good value plays. Um, I just think he shows here. I think it's, it's the late night. It's the only game. Um, you know, the question is, does it blow out? Golden State is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. They, I, just, I don't feel like this is just a flat-out blowout game. And I know without Fox... Sacramento could just completely dismantle. I mean, they're 11 games under 500. They have probably the worst coach in the league, but they do get Rashawn Holmes back. And that's that's the thing that talked me into really wanting to go with Curry because Holmes is a difference maker, especially with Golden State being poor at center, with Wiseman being out and just Looney and, and a mixture there and Draymond playing uh, five some of the time. I I just think they stay in the game enough for this to be a shootout. So there, there's some great plays in this game. I think Halliburton getting big minutes, having to take over in Fox's footsteps. I don't think it's going to intimidate this kid very much. I really don't. And, uh, if Curry's guarding him, which I think he will be, uh, that's certainly not Steph's strong suit. So I'm not afraid to fire up Halliburton here. He's He's one of those rookies that doesn't play like a rookie. He plays like he's been around. And I think he he rises to the occasion. And with his price, I think he's a good deal. Um, Buddy Hield and Wiggins, those two guys are always enough to drive you nuts because they can break a slate, both of them. But they both can bury your lineup. I've seen both of them go for 50. and I've seen both of them go for 15. So, you know, how lucky do you feel on those guys? And how much do you think? Uh, they'll get it done. I think they're both options, but they're not quite in my player pool right now. Um, there are two super value guys in this game that I think are playable, and they're against each other. Uh, Mo Harkless and Michael Mulder. Now, Mulder's a bit of a, a risk. He's more of a GPP play, but I think you got to discuss them because with some of the guys that they have out, uh, you know, it, it becomes you know, uh, a little bit more of a run for him. Now, the guy that stepped up the last game and blew it out and probably the better play than Mulder is Poole. He came off the bench and went nuts, but he was absolutely unconscious. And for him to follow that up, not as confident in. So really in cash, probably not going to play either one of those guys, but uh, in GPPs, I'll take a look. But Mo Harkless, I think, you know, he's played well the last month for them. He's he can, uh, he's athletic, he's, he plays good D, uh, you know, just a stinky guy that you can get super cheap uh, that can get to value and help you with a path to get into some of the more expensive guys. Um, two guys I'm considering, again, head-to-head here, Barnes and Draymond Green, both, uh, you know, putting up some stats, uh, not the cheapest guys in the world, that medium build level I think they're both in definite consideration for me. Um, not crazy about the Holmes play. I hope he gets 20, 25 minutes in order to help keep this game close. But just coming back from injury and having Whiteside as a backup, uh, not as comfortable going there. And I think I've made it clear I feel on Looney and, and that group of Loonies at the bigs for Golden State. So a lot of possible exposure here. Uh, definitely the most important game for me on the slate. And uh, I think that wraps it up. So hopefully that gives you a chance to uh, get uh, into both slates. Uh, we were able to cash on both NBA early and evening slates last night. Um, I'll tell you, though, the last, last night was amazing to me uh, on the evening slate. And I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, you know, our, our team was crushing it all night, finished at 358.4 which, you know, you bust 350 on a six-game slate, uh, you think you're doing pretty good. Now, this is why it's so important. And what you'll find if you join us at Coach Talk, we teach a process, not just playing the games and giving you the guys. We we teach a process because I'll tell you right now, 60% of winning in DFS has to do with bankroll management and contest selection. If you don't master those two things, you could play nine Westbrooks and you're going to find a way to lose because you have to, you have to have that piece of it. The reason I say that is the 358.4 or whatever it was, it, it didn't make it in the my $50 and $100 single entry. It missed by a point or two, which is like mind bending when you think of that number on a little bit of a smaller main slate, but it did hammer away in all the cash games. So that was the key, you know, balance it. If you chase the $100,000 hits, uh, easy to have to reload, reload, reload. So come aboard with us, DFSCoachDoc.com. Uh, we're going to have a session this coming Saturday at noon Eastern, where we talk strictly about contest selection. And then the following Saturday about bankroll management. We meet with our entire uh, group here, our community, uh, every, anybody that wants to join in every Saturday. And again, we just try to look beneath the surface of this and our goal at Coach Talk is long-term success and sustainability of building a bankroll and not reloading. And that's you know 87% of people that play DFS don't do that. They reload, go for the big milli makers, you know, and and really you know if you want to sustain, most of us don't have you know $100,000 to invest in a slate every every slate. So you got to be smart, but. Anyway, wanted to mention that because we'd love to have you join us. I hope this gives you a really good feel for the the slate uh, on this Sunday, and we hope you crush it. So uh, good luck to you. Let's get it done, and uh, let's make some money. And I'll be back uh, tomorrow. We're seven days a week in front of the paywall for our NBA podcasts. And I will be back with the man, the myth, the legend, the recent 121 k winner, Mr. Andrew Hansen, on Monday. So thank you again for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.